Hallelujah. What an awesome presence of the Lord in this place. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. All right. How do I start this thing out? Take, that's it right there, brother. Break free, break free this morning. Now, I want you to take a little journey with me in your mind here. I want you to imagine if Bill Gates or a millionaire came up to you and he handed you one blank check. He come up and he, and he just handed it to you and he said, write any amount on that blank check and take it to the bank and cash it. It's yours. Any amount you want, it's yours. Whatever you desire, go ahead. Just here, Here's a pen. Fill it in. Well, today, the Lord put upon my heart to talk about the blank checks that God has given us as Christians. Hallelujah. Say blank checks. Hallelujah. Oh, God. In other words, the amount or degree of something that we experience or we receive from God is up to us in certain things, not up to God. This is called a free will. God has given us a free will. Did you know that? Last time I checked, I, I don't know. Brother, do you have some strings hanging here? Uh, nope, nope, I don't see anything. God has given us a free will. Amen? And I'll tell you right now, there's some blank checks in the kingdom of God for us Christians. There's quite a few things that we've been given blank checks for in the kingdom of God. But today, I'm, I only have time, obviously, to mention a few. But in many of these areas, we are settling for less. Now think about this. What an incredible blessing it is that God has given us the ability to reap as much as we want in a certain areas in the kingdom of God. Think about this now. But you know what? One of the most tragic things about this topic is that most Christians, most people, would value a blank check from Bill Gates more than a blank check from God Almighty. Think about it. Something that would fade away earthly riches, sacrificing that for that which will not fade away. Are you hearing me? But this just goes to show, and, and the reason I bring that up is just, just to... You know, we need to get our heads screwed on straight, don't we? As Christians, all of us do. This shows us how corrupt our priorities are and how blurry spiritual vision can get at times. Amen? So I want to share with you some things, some of those things or blank checks that God has given to the body of Christ so that we can begin to walk in the fullness of what God has for us. Are you ready? 
All right, number one, the first blank check that God has given to us as Christians is for the amount of faith that we possess and the ability to build or charge ourselves up spiritually. We control our own level of spiritual hunger. Did you know that? Go to Romans 12.3. The first blank check I want to talk about here is faith. The amount of faith. It's a blank check from God Almighty to us, Christians. Look at this. Romans 12.3 says, For I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now, if you were to crack open a King James Version, the King James Version says this, as God has dealt to every man or person the measure of faith. In other words, when we got saved, it's like God gives us Christians a measuring stick with the word faith on it. God gives us the ability to have faith and it's up to us as to how much faith we possess. Did you know that? The Bible speaks of different levels of faith. The Bible speaks of uh, no faith. The Bible speaks of little faith. The Bible speaks of great faith. There's different levels of faith. So the Bible speaks of different levels, but then if we're in control of this thing then, how do we get faith? Go to Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17 here. This is, this is like Christianity 101 kind of thing. This is, this is all right. We all need the basics, don't we? Yeah. We all need to brush up on the basics. The Word of God says if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? We need a strong foundation. Amen? Yeah. Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That literally means Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Are you getting the point? Hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. So if someone in here is like, well, I don't need to hear that scripture. I heard that a thousand times. Ah, you err. Are you hearing me? You do err. That is unwise. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Are you hearing me? See, we are the ones that determine how much of the Word of God that we hear and fill ourselves with. Therefore, we determine how much faith we possess. See, you can't point your finger at God, say, God, why aren't you giving me this faith? God's pointing right back at you and saying, uh, I gave you the ability, now you've got to do something about it. See, the first sign of a sickness, one of the first signs of a sickness attacking your physical body is the loss of appetite, isn't it? I know when I wasn't feeling well last week, I, uh, that's the last thing I felt like doing. I, I, you know, I just wanted to lay around. But the same is true in a spiritual sense. When a Christian loses their spiritual hunger for God's word and a personal relationship for him, come on, you're in a backslidden condition. 
You are in a, I, I say this all the time. In the Christian walk with the Lord, there's no standing still. You're either moving forward or you're going back. Where are you heading today? Where are you heading today? Are you moving forward or have you been moving back? See, and if you're in that position of moving back, listen to me. This is, I, you need to force feed yourself the Word of God. You need to force feed the Word of God. I know, I, come on, I know I've been there. You, sometimes you don't feel like it. Some, you, you, just, you open the Word and, and things, it just seems like it's, it's not, you're so dull spiritually, it doesn't seem to quicken you or alive to you. It seems boring at times. But come on, you need to force feed yourself the Word of God. That's called discipline. It's interesting, Jesus said, go make disciples. The word discipline comes from disciple. Go figure. Are you hearing me? But, so, in, in when you force feed yourself the word of God, soon, it won't be long. Listen to me. You'll have a wall at first, but it won't be long until you'll start to get a hunger for it. You'll start to, oh, there'll be a hunger for it. You know, you can develop your appetite. If you don't like spinach, Go try it. You can develop an appetite for something. Eat spinach. Force feed yourself. Force feed. Force feed. It, eventually, you'll, you'll be in the kitchen. You'll be like, you know, spinach sounds pretty good tonight. <laughs> and the same is true with the Word of God. I know you don't feel like it if you're backslidden, but force feed yourself. Amen? Now, many Christians try to push aside the responsibility in increasing their faith by quoting the Scripture well, that says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. How many of you heard that scripture? How many of you ever heard of someone kind of twist it and you know there's not an ounce of faith in them and they say, well, all I need is a, a, a faith the size of a mustard seed. Well, the truth is they don't really even have that. Listen to me now. Come on. Listen. I want to remind you that even having faith the size of a mustard seed, that means that there's no doubt mixed in it. Come on. Even a faith the size of a mustard seed, that Jesus was not permitting doubt. In fact, everywhere where someone was doubting or unbelieving, there was a rebuke coming from Jesus. Are you hearing me? So don't, you, you can't twist that scripture on us now because even faith the size of a mustard seed, there's no doubt mixed in that thing. Go to James chapter 1. <coughs> James chapter 1, verses 6 and 8. I want to show you something here. Are you awake this morning? Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. All right. Now, James 1, 6 through 8. Listen to this. But let him, or her, that person, ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind, for let not that man or person suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Again, we are commanded to approach God with faith. And it's our responsibility as Christians to get and increase our faith in God and his word. Amen? All right. Now, go to Jude chapter 20. Way toward the end. Jude chapter 20. 
and or not chapter, Jude verse 20 and 21, excuse me. Hallelujah. I want to read something here. We are in control of building ourselves up spiritually. All right, look at this. Jude 20 and 21 says this. But you, beloved. All right, now, whenever you see the word beloved, it's talking to Christians. All right? But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now, we have the opportunity to build ourselves up on our most holy faith, the Word of God says, by praying in the Holy Spirit. Now listen, pray, some of you are like, great, what does that mean? Well, praying in the Holy Spirit means to pray in your, your, your known language, if, you're, if you speak English, it's in English. If you speak Chinese, it's Chinese. It, it means to speak in your native language, being led by the Holy Spirit, as well as praying in tongues or in an unknown language if you have received the Holy Spirit baptism. It means both of them, praying in the Holy Spirit. You're be, either way, in both cases, you're being led by the Holy Spirit. That's why it says praying in the Holy Spirit. You're flowing with the Holy Spirit, whether in your, your native tongue or it praying in the Spirit in tongues. Amen? And doing this will assist in keeping you in the love of God. Come on. It will produce a life of obedience and help you to maintain spiritual hunger and intimacy with God. Why? Why is, why is that? praying in the Holy Spirit. Why is that so important? Why will it do those things? Because the very act of taking the time to pray, setting time apart for God and seeking Him, especially praying in tongues, is an act of faith because you're spending time with the Lord and trusting the Holy Spirit to give you the words to speak. It's interesting. And that, that will build you up. Literally, it means it, it charges you up, charges your spirit man up like a battery. How many of you, it feels like your spirit man's a little uh, low on, on the charging? You need to pray in the Holy Ghost. You need to pray in the Holy Ghost. And now, uh, praying in tongues, uh, it, it, that, that's, a, that's a whole level, new level. Because that is, that is most holy faith when you can pray in the Spirit you're trusting the Holy Spirit to give you the syllables and words you don't even have a clue you're saying. Most holy faith. Most holy faith. Now, all right. So the next blank check I want to talk about from God is our level of knowledge and wisdom that we possess. The blank check from God to us is our level of knowledge and wisdom we possess from the word. Now, I know it would be great if once you made Jesus Lord of your life, when I got saved, if immediately there was an instant download from heaven into my spirit, man, about everything there is to know. Oh, come on. That would be awesome. But that's not the case. You know, even, let me baffle some, some religious spirits. Even Jesus himself in his earthly ministry had to grow spiritually and in wisdom. Did you know that? Go to Luke chapter 2, verse 40. Let me show you something. Luke 2, 
authority here. <gasps> That's blasphemous, Pastor James. No, it's not. It's in the Word. Are you hearing me? The man, Christ Jesus, the Word says. Amen? Listen to this. And the child, talking about Jesus, the Son of God, grew and became strong in spirit. Well, he's the Son of God. Wouldn't he have already been strong in spirit? Oh, why is this? He became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. How many of you know if Jesus had to grow in these things, how much more do we? Amen? Go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5. Proverbs 4, verse 5. Listen to what the Word says about this now. It says, get wisdom, get understanding, exclamation points. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Go get it. It's yours if you want it. Are you hungry for the wisdom and knowledge of the Lord? It's there for the taking. It's a blank check. It's up to us as to how much wisdom, knowledge, and understanding we have. Go to James chapter 1, verse 5. James 1, 5. Listen to this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. God invites us to seek him and ask him for wisdom. And not only does, does he put that carrot out in front of us, but he says he'll give it to you. So that means whenever you approach God and ask for wisdom on a certain thing, you can approach him with absolute faith. Either the word of God is true or we're here for nothing this morning. Are you hearing me? Either he meant what he said, or I'd rather go home, put on my fat pants, and watch TV this morning. But we know better, don't we? We know the word of God is true. We know it's true. So God invites us to seek him and to ask for wisdom. <laughs> and he promises it to give it to us. This is a blank check to ask God for his assistance in our life. Go to Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Real interesting passage here. It says this, my people. All right, now let me say, this is God talking. He says, my people. Let me let you in on a clue. Someone who has not made Jesus Lord of their life is not God's people. They belong to the devil, to the evil one. Are you hearing me? So God is talking to his people. The Bible's so simple, you know what I mean? I, yeah, I mean, let's just take God at his word. Amen? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being, being priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of the Lord of your God, I also will forget your children. What I want to zero in on 
is how God says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You know, the Bible says that the devil seeks whom he may devour. You know what that means? It means the devil has got to have your permission. Whom he may devour. Now, how many of us, if the devil came up to you and, and the devil said, hey, can I put cancer on you? How many of you, duh, you'd say, no way, devil. But listen to me, our lack of knowledge of the word of God gives him that opening. If you don't know what belongs to you, if you don't know the benefits of the blood of Jesus Christ, you will be destroyed. Are you hearing me? And that's why God even gives us this warning. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Then he even goes on to say, because you have rejected knowledge. Some people have rejected knowledge. Listen, some people have heard, heard the message of, of healing and, and deliverance and all that, but they reject it. Oh, that was for back then. Fine, okay, you can believe it, but I'm going to take God at his word. I'm going to believe that God's still moving today. I'm going to believe that his healing power is still moving today. Because it is. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. So not gaining knowledge, wisdom from the word of God, and seeking understanding from the Holy Spirit will, come on, eventually it will invite destruction into your life. I say this all the time. Ignorance is not bliss in the kingdom of God. You know what ignorance is? It means a lack of knowledge. Not knowing it. Ignorance is not bliss. Because Satan and evil spirits will take advantage of your lack of knowledge and your lack of wisdom. Plain and simple. That's just a biblical principle. Now go to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. So people, listen. It would not be an injustice. It would not be an overreaction to say that knowing the word of God as a Christian is life and death. It's life and death. 2 Peter 3.18 says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. We not only have a blank check to grow in the knowledge of Jesus, but this even says we have a blank check to grow in grace. <clears throat> Think about this now. A blank check to grow in grace. You know what that's saying? The grace of God is God's unmerited favor. His favor upon your life. In other words, take advantage of the favor, favor that God has given you. And use it to grow spiritually. Use it. Yeah, you don't deserve it. But grow in grace. There, we're in the dispensation of grace right now. And listen to me now. Use that grace to get to know Jesus Christ and your heavenly Father more and more. I want to show you something here. To tie in with this, go to Galatians 5.13. This was powerful. Oh, hallelujah. The grace of God is awesome. 
We need to take advantage of it. It's the grace of God's not a license to sin, but it's an empowerment to live for God. Come on, listen. Galatians 5.13, listen to this. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. How many of you know people have always use this? Well, we've been called to liberty. I can do what I want, man. If I want to go to that bar, I'm going to go to that bar because we've been called to liberty. <clears throat> Amen? Well, I can watch that movie because uh, I'm not legalistic. We've been called to liberty. No, don't use your liberty to feed your fleshly or sinful desires, but to walk in love toward God and man. Grow in grace. Grow in it. Take advantage of the grace of God that we have through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, go to 2 Peter chapter 1. Are you getting anything out of this? All right. Now, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, I want to show you something here. I'm talking about blank checks this morning. Oh, hallelujah, blank checks from our Heavenly Father. Verse 1, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here we go. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. By which, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these exceedingly great and precious promises you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. This passage says that grace and peace can be multiplied in our life through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. In other words, there's a blank check. How many of you know addition is good, isn't it? But man, when you multiply, oh, glory to God. It's a blank check. Do you see that? It's a blank check. How many of you need some peace this morning? Huh? Yeah. How many of you need uh, some more grace in your life? Well, it says here, those things can be multiplied through the knowledge of Jesus, of God, our Heavenly Father, and Jesus our Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, when I look at that, I see our responsibility in the matter, don't you? Uh, listen, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers. It's interesting it uses the word may. It doesn't say you will be. You may if you do your part. Did you catch that? It's available. It's a blank check. It's a blank check. 
But how many times do we just take the check and we just throw it away? Think about this. I, I hope the Holy Spirit's opening your eyes this morning to this topic. God's divine power has been given to us, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Like I said, I can't help but see an invitation or a blank check to walk in the supernatural power of God. To walk higher than the corruption that's in this world through lust. It's a blank check. And it's up to us to pursue that. Now, the next blank check from God to us Christians is the amount or degree to which we are filled with the Spirit. Go to uh, Ephesians 5. Now listen, I'm not talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit when I say that. Oh, let me find my page. And I'm going to make a comment here. I'm not, when I say the degree to which you're filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a one-time experience for the Christian. Are you hearing me? See, there's one baptism in the Holy Spirit, but many in fillings. Why? Because we leak. Come on now. See, I'm talking about maintaining a spirit-filled life. I mean, how do you know? How many of you know? There's people who, are, who receive the Holy Spirit baptism... But they're out living like the devil right now. I'm talking about maintaining this thing. Come on. Uh, now listen. So the degree to which we walk in is up to us personally. It's not up to your spouse. It's not up to your teacher. It's not up to your pastor. It's not up to anybody else. But you. Personally. Look at Ephesians 5. <coughs> 18 through 20. Very popular scripture. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of Jesus our Lord, uh, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Verse 21. Now, how often do you talk to others about the Lord and about the Bible? How much fellowship do you have? You might want to answer that. Uh, how, how, much, <laughs> how much fellowship do you have with other believers? How often do you just sit and talk with someone about the Lord? Listen now, how often are you making, melody, making a melody or a song in your heart to the Lord with scriptures. Oh, you know what I mean? I mean, just in your heart, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, hallelujah. I mean, just taking scriptures and making a melody in your heart. How often are you thanking the Lord for all things he has given to you? How much are, are, of you, are you of a team player with the others in the body of Christ? See, the, I just summarized... This passage. If we do these things, we will be able to maintain and abide in Christ. 
This will determine how filled you are with the Holy Spirit. And friend, listen, this is a blank check from the Lord to you. He simply says, how thirsty are you? How thirsty are you? Go to Isaiah chapter 12. Isaiah 12, this is an interesting passage here. Blank checks. Blank checks. Isaiah 12, verses 2 and 3. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yahweh, the Lord, is my strength and my song. There, you see, there's something about music. There's something spiritual about turning the scriptures into a song in your heart. Listen, he has also become my salvation. Look at verse 3. Therefore, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. We are invited as Christians to draw out of the wells of salvation with joy. How much joy is in your life this morning? Because your joy is the bucket that goes down into the wells. Think about this now. Listen, it doesn't matter. You know, your circumstances don't determine your joy. Your circumstances may determine your happiness. That's a worldly, fleshly thing. But your joy can remain even in the storms of life. But listen, this said, not just a well of salvation, but wells. More than one. This is a blank check from God to tap in to the fullness of his blessing through his son Jesus Christ. Listen to me. Salvation, you'll begin to understand why God said wells of salvation and not just a well. You'll understand. Listen. Salvation has been called by some scholars the all-inclusive word. The fact is, there's not one area of your life that salvation does not cover. But it's up to us to apply it in our life. It's not automatic. Are you hearing me? It's not automatic. Salvation, here's why it's wells and not just a well. Salvation is defined as deliverance, healing, preservation, soundness, prosperity, happiness, to be rescued, general well-being, wholeness. Are you getting the point? It's not just one well. There's wells. And salvation is a present possession for the Christian. But listen, the fullness or completion of our redemption will take place when we pass away from this earth and Jesus returns. You all know that, don't you? But the things that I mentioned here, the definition of this, these things are available now. Now. God is still, the wells, the wells, and you draw it out with the joy, with the joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, the next blank check from God is the degree to, this is important now, is the degree to which our mind is renewed. The degree to which our mind is renewed, well, you guessed it, it's a blank check from God. Look at Romans 12, 1 and 2 quickly. 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your hard service, hard labor. No, no, no. Reasonable service after what Jesus did on the cross. Come on. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, the amount of transformation that takes place in our mind is up to us. You're either being conformed. You know the word conform means? Pressed into the mold. But it's interesting how the Bible talks about how the word of God can transform your mind into something new. All the world can do is take your, your ugly old mind and all the cobwebs and press it into it. It can't make nothing new out of it. But the Word of God's supernatural. It can transform your mind. Are you here? Are you catching on? You're either being conformed to the mold of the worldly mindsets and beliefs or you're being transformed by the Word of God. Those are your choices. What's taking place in your mind? The results are dependent upon you. Again, yes, it's a blank check. Proverbs 23, 7. Hallelujah. I know I'm going through a lot of scriptures today, but come on, I'm force feeding you. Amen? It doesn't matter. You, you know, take it, take it in, take it in. Proverbs 23, 7. Listen to this. This is powerful. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, I just want to stop right there. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. This is why it's so crucial to renew your mind and fill yourself with the word of God. It will determine the way that you view yourself. It will determine the way that you live. Are you hearing me? If you're filling yourself with the word of God, you'll begin to see yourself the way that God sees you through his son, Jesus Christ. If you think you're nothing but just a dirty old sinner and Christ didn't do anything for you, guess what? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's how you're going to live. Are you hearing me? If you lack God's perspective, you will continue to view yourself through the flesh and through the world's point of view, which will greatly affect your spiritual temperature as a Christian. Because as you think in your heart, that's who you'll become. And I always said, I like this saying, the Bible is a book full of God's thoughts. Let his thoughts be your thoughts. Like I said, if you wanted to go write a book, what's a book? Cindy, when you wrote that book, you were taking thoughts, weren't you? You were taking thoughts, and you were writing them on paper. Well, this is the, what the Bible is. This is what the Word of God is. It's God's thoughts on paper. And His thoughts can take away every bit of the cobwebs in your mind that the world has, and the devil's put upon you. Are you hearing me? Now... 3 John 2 ties into this here. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a person thinks in his or her heart, so are they. 
3 John 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Real popular scripture. Our prosperity, now I'm not talking about being a millionaire. That word prosperity literally means to have a good journey. To have a good, successful, blessed journey. Our prosperity or ability to have a good journey on this earth and our health are totally dependent on our soul prospering. Listen, what's your soul? Man is body, soul, and spirit. Our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. And our mind, will, and emotions can only prosper when we renew it with the Word of God. There are several reasons for this. First of all, we need God's perspective and to know His will. This creates faith in us. And it will, like I said, it will rip apart the cobwebs of lies. I'm talking about your soul prospering. It will rip apart the lies that the world, the devil, uh, maybe that abusive person in your life has, has put in your mind. Are you hearing me? It'll take apart all the, the trash and the lies about prosperity, healing, and who God is, who Jesus is. The word of God will destroy that web of hopelessness and replace it with hope. The word of God, come on, listen. The word of God will bring healing to your emotions. It's the word of God, only the word of God, that can bring healing to your emotions. Now listen to this. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper and be in health, uh, prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. It is a proven medical fact that negative thoughts and negative emotions can cause disease and sickness in the body. It's proven. This is not a new revelation. Medical science is finally catching up to the Bible. There are several scriptures that point this out, and one of them is Proverbs 17.22. Look at this. Proverbs 17.22. Because as a man thinks, so is he. Proverbs 17.22. You think you're always going to be broke, busted, and disgusted? Well, that's as a man thinks, so is he. Proverbs 17.22. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Another one, Philippians 4.8. Look at this. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, what, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. Why? Because as a man thinks, so is he. 3 John 2 basically says, you will prosper and be in health, even as or equal to the amount your soul, mind, will, and emotions are prospering. I never forget at, at Rama, they, when I in one of the classes I sat down and, and when, when one of the instructors started teaching this, he said, 
He said, it's like you see an equation there. Beloved, I, I pray that you would prosper and be in health. He put prosperity and health on, prosperity plus health equals even as your soul prospers. And your soul will only prosper when you fill it with the word of God. Amen? The next blank check from God is the amount of answered prayer and revelation we receive. 1 John 5. Hang with me. Hang with me. I'm almost finished. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. When we ask according to the word of God, the will of God, we receive. If we don't ask in line with the word of God, which is his will, or if we don't ask at all, we don't receive anything. I see a blank check. Look at James 4, 1 and 3. James 4, 1 and 3. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and you cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. Hey, you didn't hit the bullseye. That you may spend it on your own pleasures. The result of our prayer life is up to us more so than it is up to God. Did you hear me? The results of our prayer life, are the, the abundance of, the, of uh, responsibility is upon us and not God. We simply need to know the word of God, abide in Christ, and pray in line with that. Look at John 15, 7. John 15, 7. I mean, you, you can't get any clearer than this. I know there's a lot. Just get the free CD, all right? Sign up on the back table afterwards. If you abide, Jesus said this, if you abide in me <coughs> and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Hello, anyone see a blank check there? You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. The requirement is that we abide in Jesus daily and his word or his word abides in us why because when we abide in him our desires are going to line up with his are you hearing me hallelujah now jeremiah 33 3 jeremiah 33 3 call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. This is talking about revelation. God wants to give us more understanding. He wants to give us more revelation. What's the, the requirement? Call unto me. Just call unto me. Ask me. And he'll do it. If we don't call out to God in prayer, revelation of him and his word will be hindered. However, if we'll just follow the instructions in the book... There is no barrier to the revelation that God can give us as Christians. I'm telling you, 
There is so much more in the Christian walk. You know, we're, all of us, we're, we're just down here. There's so much more. God wants to take us so much higher. Are you hearing me? But it's up to us to fill in the blank check. Now, we've been given a blank check by God as to the effectiveness of our life and ministry for the gospel. There's no, listen, there's no limit to the amount of people that you can witness to about the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no witness, no, no limit. There's no limit to how many people you can lay hands on and pray for. There's no limit as to how many demons you can cast out and set people free. There's no limit to how many people you can disciple and train up for the kingdom of God. Guess where the limitation resides? Us. 2 Timothy 4 or 5 tells us to make full proof of or to fulfill our ministry. Each and every one of us as Christians have a ministry. Don't sit there for one second and think you're just a pew sitter. Because you're not. You have a purpose and a plan. God wants to use you. In Colossians 4, 17, the Holy Spirit through Paul tells a guy by the name of Archippus to take heed to your ministry that you have received in the Lord, that you fulfill it. Blank check. In other words, the Holy Spirit is telling us to be a good and faithful steward of the gifts and talents that the Lord has given to us and to use them for the maximum degree the maximum potential and benefit for the kingdom of God. You know, everyone says, well, I, you know, I, I, I can't go witness that person. I got to be led. You know, they're, they're, the only limitation that's holding you back is you. I guarantee you, you go up to someone, I told you the last time I preached, the Holy Spirit will give you the ability. He'll give you the words. He will equip you. He'll drop that word of knowledge in your spirit to speak. That's going to be the key to that person's heart. I'm telling you right now. We just need to step out and do it. And the very last point I want to mention is that salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ is a blank check for every person on the face of this earth. And the way to cash in that blank check it's found in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Let me read this. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, or Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He shed his blood. He died on the cross in our Heavenly Father. Raised him from the dead three days later. And confess him as Lord and you will be saved. But listen to me. Let's stand up in this place right now. Listen to me. You've got to know this. This blank check expires the moment you take your last breath on this earth. That blank check is only good while you got breath in your lungs. It's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Are you hearing me? Don't leave this place without making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Oh, 
I, I just, lately the Lord has just been really laying it upon my heart. How close I came, me, of waking up in the pits of hell when I was living in sin before coming to Christ. How much on the edge I was living. God, if I would have been in a car accident and died, if my heart would have stopped beating, I would have woken up in the pits, the very pits of hell. And, and there's nothing I could have done about it because the blank check expires when you take your last breath. If there's anybody in here, you have not made Jesus Lord of your life. Friend, we don't know how long that blank check is good for in your life. That's just plain. That's not a scare tactic. That's reality. That, and you know what? If it scares you, good. I hope it scares hell right out of you. Because you need to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life today. Don't wait. You don't know when you're going to take your last breath. A friend, I'm telling you, this is so strong in my spirit right now. So strong. If you've never made him Lord of your life, I want you to come up here, and I want to have the privilege of praying with you. Don't be embarrassed. Your eternal life is at stake. Number two, if you have backslidden, you've been in reverse for a while now. Things started out good when you first made Jesus Lord of your life. Somehow, some way, you got cold. And, and somehow the old car got in reverse and it's been downhill slide. If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, I want you to come forward this morning. Rededicate. Know that you know that you're getting plugged back into the vine today. If you never received the Holy Spirit baptism, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. You can do it. It's receiving the Holy Spirit baptism is as simple as getting saved. Are you hearing me? It's as simple as getting saved. It's not something you have to work up. It's an act of faith. God said to ask Him for the Holy Spirit, and He would give Him the Holy Spirit. And He wouldn't give you a demon spirit. If you ask for a fish, He's not going to give you a serpent. If you ask for the Holy Ghost, He's going to give you the Holy Ghost. And He's going to pour Him upon you generously. You'll be marinated in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now, if you're in this place, you have a sickness, you have a disease, you have an infirmity, you're emotionally, you're a wreck. Maybe you're one who's having suicidal thoughts. Maybe you're a cutter. You're in bondage this morning. You need prayer. I want you to come forward. Those things... For those four things, I want you to come up. And I want to have the privilege of praying with you. The rest of you, I want you to think about the blank checks that God has given you. And today is the day where you need to make up your mind. Are you going to cash them in? Where's your, where's your level at? Where's your level of faith at? Worship the Lord as the music plays.
the cross We have been redeemed and reconciled Caught up in the splendor of it all Eternal life you gave So we will bring a song of God of 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 